Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a damn pro wrestling podcast. Thank you very much for downloading me. Thank you very much for letting me into your audio life. I really appreciate it. And here we are on another lovely Wednesday talking about everything wrestling. Now, I was trying to work out what we could talk about this week, and we will talk a bit of Raw, a bit of SmackDown, a bit of WWE, but I thought really I should do my best to walk you through my All In experience, because yes, I was very lucky enough to um, to go to All In and StarCast and do all that kind of stuff. I went uh, with What Culture, so you can check out all of my, inter- well, they're going up as and when, but you can check my ups and downs from All In, you can check my uh, interview with Jerry Ryan from All In, well, from StarCast technically, where I talked about his penis and being dead, I got Tamatonga, I made a tag team! I made a tag team with Tamatonga called Zero Fucks. That's real too. That happened. Good guy, Tamatonga. Really made me laugh. Uh, and loads of stuff's going to be going up over the next few weeks and months. But I thought maybe there's... I mean, one thing. The only thing I'm not going to talk about specifically here is what happened with Scott Steiner. I imagine that will go up on what culture eventually. When it does, I'm going to make a statement on Twitter. Because it was just... It was the most Scott Steiner thing you can imagine. And I pride myself on doing a good job. But it hit me so out of left field... And I was so, I just couldn't believe what he had said to such a degree. I just kind of stood there and nodded, thinking to myself, oh boy. And that was my worry, other worry after the fact, because I was just nodding in. I was nodding in terms of, I don't know what to do. And I said to Phil afterwards from What Culture Who came on the trip with me, I was like, I didn't know like I was agreeing with what he said, did I? Because I absolutely do not. And maybe if I had more, I don't know, it's hard because I've asked him for his time and I'm on his turf technically, but a small part of you does want to go, Scott, you can't say that, man. You shouldn't, you shouldn't say that stuff. It's not cool. But anyway, my point is all that stuff's going to be going up on the channel. Um, but I just thought I'd give you a bit of a rundown of my own experiences with it. Because obviously it's the first of its kind, or at least you know a brand new event and a brand new convention that was put on. And I think, and a load of people have said this, but I think the coolest thing with it was just how it was the buzz. And it was the relationship between fans and wrestlers. It didn't feel like access. And WWE do an incredible job with access in WrestleMania. Of course they do. But, you know, never before have I been to something where, and you could say it's good or bad, really. I think it's good. But I imagine there may be a counter argument to this. But just where it feels as if some dudes are fans and some dudes are wrestlers. But the only real difference between them is that when we go to the arena, some perform and some watch. It was just, it was so down to earth. There was no real barrier to entry. Wrestlers were just walking around. You could talk to them. Everyone was super nice to everybody else. And yeah, it was just that kind of atmosphere and that kind of environment made the whole thing really enjoyable. And it just put a smile on your face because, you know, there, I, mean, I, I, I try and stay away from it. And as you know, I, I try and stay as positive as possible. But there is a lot of negativity, not just when it comes to wrestling, but, you know, all cultures that exist on the internet and, and online. And there's always going to be a negative sect, and sometimes those negative voices can be louder than the positive ones, mostly because the positive ones aren't saying all that much. They're just sitting back and enjoying, uh, you know, enjoying it for what it is. But, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I was listening to the Wrestling Observer to get their take on it all. And I think Brian Alvarez summed it up best when, you know, he said a wrestler came up to him and said, where's all the asshole fans? Because there weren't any. Even at the All In event, it really did feel like there was a measure of support 
you know, everyone wanted everybody else to do well. I don't think there was that many botches, but even if there had been a botch, again, I think the general consensus from the fans would have been, you know, I imagine there would have been a you effed up chant and all of that. But ultimately, I think, again, the sentiment would have been one of, you know, get back on your feet and let's get this match going again. It really did feel very inclusive in a good way. Um, and I'm excited to see what comes out, you know, what comes out the back of it. I mean, they did over 11,000 people in the arena. Uh, apparently they sold an, a ton of merchandise, the all-in t-shirts, the branded ones were sold out within half an hour of going on sale at the arena. Nobody was late. Everybody was there for the pre-show. It was just, it was just really, really good uh, all around. And I thought, you know, the card itself, you can criticize it should you so want. You can criticize any card if you look at it hard enough. You know, you could argue about the match placing or the, the, the penis druids, <laughs> which were just, they were just tremendous. I mean, I mean, the, the problem with the penis druids or the peni druids, as some people are saying, is if you've never watched wrestling before or you don't watch Being the Elite, or that's just not your thing. Yeah, okay, I get it. You know, that, that, that's all. I mean, stuff like that. Joey Ryan in general is designed, you know, it, just what his character is, is always going to, to draw a line. Down the middle. You're either, I don't think anyone's going to be like, yeah, whatever. I think you're either going to understand it or just think it's absolutely bizarre. But I like that in my wrestling. Because outside of that, you had really good matches. You had hardcore matches, old school NWA matches, emotional moments, surprises. Chris Jericho was there. And it really did feel like an event for everyone. And, you know, it could... I mean, maybe a lot of people don't like this because they think it's you know too much hyperbole and, and, and stuff like that. But it could change wrestling. It certainly could. I mean, if Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and, you know, everybody else like that, are able to, you know, stay away from the charms of WWE. And I completely understand if they want to go one day, you know, if they offer the, them an incredible amount of money. I, I, there's, I don't, there's no entitlement here, on my end anyway. I think if they retired tomorrow, I'd be like, well, thank you for everything you have done, and thank you for entertaining me up to this point. But if they do stay away from the WWE, I genuinely do think, you know, there's a, there's a, the, the ceiling has risen. And I think that the people that are currently in charge of that movement, which are Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, and you know, some others as well. But I feel like, you know, they're the captains of the ship. It's not really fair that they're doing some other people a disservice. But just as an analogy, they are. And if they move, somebody else can step into that role, of course. But I think it's going to be a lot harder to get the momentum back that we've got now. Because there is momentum in the air. I think there's a lot of excitement. A lot of people are intrigued to see to see what they're going to do next if there's an all-in two. Uh, I think we've got a question about that in the Q&A, so I'll, I'll save that for now. But yeah, I, I, I don't think it could have gone any better than it did. Obviously, Akada versus Marty Skull went too long. I'm sure most people have heard that story. They wanted to, I don't know, get their stuff in or didn't feel like the match had peaked or whatever. I don't know the official reasons, and I'm not here to criticize or speculate. But that did mean the Young Bucks main event got cut down from 23 minutes to 12 minutes, and they went off air with three seconds to go. That's when the pay-per-view was going was gonna, to uh, was gonna cut off. And that, to me, seems a little bit unfair. I mean, if somebody, you know, given that the Young Bucks were so instrumental in making this happen... It seems a little bit unfair that their match had to be cut so short, especially because you could maybe argue the Akada match was a touch too long. Maybe it could have been shaved by five minutes or so. But, you know, I don't know the ins and outs, so I'm not going to comment on it too much. But I did think that was sad, you know, given, you know, everything uh, the, like I say, the Bucks have, have done to make this happen. Everything they've done in general. You know, you could argue it was them, you know, it was them that started this whole movement with their merchandise sales and how they use social media and connecting with fans. But anyway, I mean, they don't seem they don't seem too bothered about it. They seem uh, they seem pretty happy. I'm not going to sit down here and, and run the card through because I think most people know it by now. And again, my ups and downs are out there if you want to go check them out. Um, and also, I just you know I just thought every match was great. I really did. Like even Stephen Amell, Christopher Daniels. I respect Christopher Amell massively for what he did. I don't think he could have done a better job than what we saw him do. You know, he threw himself through a table at one point. 
I mean, if someone said, "What's you know, what was your least favorite match on the card?" Probably uh, Matt Cross versus uh, I was forgetting his name or MJF. But they're both amazing workers. To me, it just wasn't the wasn't the match you start an all in pay per view was, especially because the pre show. My word, I mean, I don't know how it came across on TV. I haven't watched it back yet, but I've never been part of a crowd that loud. And I remember thinking to myself, this could be the best show I've ever been to. And it definitely was one of them, but obviously the crowd died off a little bit, as they always have to if you're going to do a five-hour show. But the reactions to SCU versus the Briscoes and the Battle Royal especially, it was just, it was genuinely incredible. And that Battle Royal too, like, I don't mind Battle Royals, I think I like them more than most. But there's no way, to, I don't think you could deny that this wasn't one of the best Battle Royals we've seen in years, if not ever. I thought the booking was great, everybody got a spot, I was intrigued to see what they were going to do, the surprise entrance of Flip Gordon, you know, so you had that twist. And the fans were just, you know, they were so they're so happy to see Flip Gordon, you know, Flip Gordon get his opportunity. And then yet again, you know, talking to Flip Gordon as well, when he had his match with Jay Lethal, they did callbacks to Hogan, Hogan and Warrior. And I think we did uh, Hogan and Warrior. Um, it was Hogan and Warrior. And uh, oh, sorry, what am I talking about? Hogan and Macho Man, and then Macho Man and Warrior. You know, they did all the stuff with Elizabeth or Brandy Rhodes. And again, I saw a few people going, "Oh, well, Brandy Rhodes didn't sell her body after being attacked in the Nick Aldis match." You're right, she didn't. But that's just, that's all I've got. You know, I'm not going to stress too much about that stuff because I think you I think you missed the point. Uh, in the Nick Aldis match as well, you know, for the NWA Championship, it was an old school wrestling match that you would have seen, you know, 30, 40 years ago. That's clearly what it was designed to be. So I guess Cody Rhodes could have his emotional moment, you know, with that championship. But I enjoyed it, and Cody was over like good grief. I mean, it gave me chills how how loud his cheer his cheer was. You know, talking about that as well though, it's. You know, you could Cody Rhodes booked that show, and he booked himself to have the championship, and nobody cared. I, I understand the argument if you want to make that argument, but I think that's the point. I think the sentiment and the goodwill towards all those guys is so high that we want to support them in what they're doing, and we want to be able to see what they're able to achieve going forward. Because more opportunities and more shows like this and more events are, are good for everybody. It's good for the wrestlers, it's good for us, and it's good for WWE. Because if more shots can be fired across WWE's bow, they've got to be more creative, they've got to be smarter with what they do, and hopefully they get better too. So to me, the more good wrestling, the better. It makes me happy, puts a smile on my face. We'll just have to see. We'll have to see what they want to do now. I mean, I guess Cody's going to be in the NWA now too. He's the NWA champion. So I don't know how that works. How they balance that because I thought he had exclusive of Ring of Honor, but maybe he's not. I don't know. I get confused. I get confused with all those scenes. But yeah, genuinely, just an awesome, an awesome few days. Thank you to everybody that did come up and say hello and send me good wishes. Uh, it blew my mind a little bit. I was a bit overwhelmed. I certainly wasn't expecting it to the degree that it was, but it was awesome. I'm not going to pretend I loved, I didn't love it because I did. And like I say, so many people had so many nice things to say. Um, I don't think I'd be able to say thank you enough. So I'll just say it once and we can move on. And thank you to all the wrestlers as well that gave us our time. I had a lovely chat with Sean Waltman, who afterwards even tapped me on the shoulder and said he had a lovely chat and he really enjoyed it. That's always surreal when that happens. You know, I always try to, um, hopefully you'll see on the interviews when you watch them, if you want to watch them. Uh, I always try to be as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I try not to be, I, tr I just try to be a dude. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be a fan in interviews, but I think you get better uh, chats and, and interviews with wrestlers if you just try and be a dude who wants to, you know, wants to t tap into their brain. So hopefully that works. And like I said, we've got loads of interviews. I mean, top of my head, I'll miss some as well, and I probably restated. But yeah, Scott Steiner, Sean Waltman, uh, you know, some, some out of left field ones too. Rosa Mendez, Summer Rae. We had the Hurricane. We've got Punishment Hard Martinez, who actually I had a really good chat with. He's surprised. Same with Simon Gotch. Talked to Simon Gotch. Real interesting dudes with fascinating insight. Talked to Buff Bagwell. There's a story in itself, which I won't tell today. We did DDP yoga with DDP himself. What a legend that man is. I did karaoke with Marty Skull. Tex technically, kind of just you know, left me out to dry, but that was fine. 
Uh, worst rendition you'll ever hear as well. I mean, just so many names to the point that I can't even, you know, I can't even, I can't even think off the top, off the top of my head. But it was, uh, it was awesome. And talking to Brian Alvarez earlier, I had a little chat with Brian Alvarez as well. And I like Brian Alvarez. He's a good dude. I listen to him all the time on Wrestling Observer Live. So just for me personally, as a nerd, it was nice to be able to um, to chat to him. He's a good guy. So I, I managed to say hello to Dave Meltzer, but unfortunately, I interviewed with time with him because he was running around. We weren't able to do it, which did suck. That was on the list, but look, you can't get them all. Otherwise, I don't think, apart from Omega, the Bucks, and Cody, I think we pretty much got everybody who was there. Apart from uh, James Ellsworth, I'm not going to say why. Just put it like this. It was out of our hands. Well, it, well, it wasn't in my control. This isn't a plug. This is just a segue. I did tell that story on my Patreon. Uh, I, I do want to plug my Patreon here just because all of this is supported by my Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Simon316. And given that I've had unfortunate use with my shoulder this week, um, when I went to All In, I was told to try and use it a bit more and you know, hopefully break up some of the scar tissue and get a bit more normality back in it. And unfortunately, it you know didn't hold up is the truth. I've seen a lot of people on my ups and downs videos this week going... Oh, Simon, trying to work us because I saw your arm working it all in, but not now. Yeah, because I was told to use it and now it's bad again. That's the only reason. Like, I, sometimes people read into things in a very strange way. Like, why would I pretend that my arm was broken at this stage? It serves me no end, even if I was trying to work a wrestling angle. Like, by now, it's been eight weeks. It would make perfect sense if it did start to get better. Uh, but yeah, look, my point being is that all of this, I, 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 again, start again. My point is, is that I'm now not able to do some work I planned. So if you do listen to this podcast and you enjoy it and you have $1, you don't mind spending on it every month, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Simon at 316. And um, yeah, I'd appreciate anything uh, you could throw my way. Also on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules. Give that a subscribe on Twitter, Instagram, Simon Miller 316. Um, and if you're on iTunes, give us five stars, share us, all that nonsense. Hopefully, I have some exciting news about the podcast soon, too. I've got to get back to somebody. I don't know if they listen, but if they do, I'll get back to you soon. Life has just been hectic as I get back into the realms of normality. Obviously, coming out of All In, we then segue back into wrestling. Uh, Raw and SmackDown this week, I thought they were fine. I mean, obviously, the highlight of. WWE was the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels segment, which was strange in many ways because, you know, they certainly did make out as if they want to try and do a Shawn Michaels comeback against The Undertaker. Now, deep down, I just think they did this mainly because it gets people talking. And you know, the, the, the evasion that The Undertaker got, I think, sums it up. I don't think that Shawn Michaels is going to come back. I hope I'm wrong. But to me, it was done just more to fuel conversations such as this and build to the Triple H Undertaker, you know, final match that's happening uh, at the, show, the, the showdown down under. I get it wrong every time. Whatever the Australian show is called, it's going to build to that. And I imagine he'll be the special guest referee. And we'll just do a repeat of the WrestleMania 29 match, 28, whichever it was between Triple H and Taker when they were in the cell, the end of an era match. I imagine we just do a, yeah, a, a, a rematch essentially of that right down to Shawn Michaels being, um, yeah, part of it. But we will see. We will see. Uh, other than that, yeah, Raw and SmackDown. I mean, I thought I thought they were fine. They didn't really... Again, I think we're so far away from Hell in a Cell. WWE wants to hold on to whatever big angles they have for times closer to the actual pay-per-view itself. I mean, the, 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 the sort of, they, they had two sort of show-long stories this time. The one on Raw was all to do with The Shield, and the one on SmackDown was all to do with Daniel Bryan. And they were fine. Like the Shield one, I get the criticism, right? I mean, we do go too far with this sometimes. But yeah, The Shield managed to get themselves arrested after inciting a brawl, and they got, they got found guilty, so they did that at the start of the show against Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, and Braun Strowman. And Braun Strowman is officially a heel now. It doesn't mean he's going to get booed, but it definitely, you know... 
That is what WWE is trying to achieve. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. But they, in their world, clearly, they want to book Roman Reigns as the heel, as the good guy, and they want to book Braun Strowman as the bad guy. That makes no sense to me in the sense they've just spent all these months building Braun Strowman up as a babyface. A few people have said, well, they haven't done that. He's been a heel the whole time. I don't agree with that at all. I think he's been a, a, a clearly positioned as a face. Um, but, you know, he teamed up with a 12-year-old kid at WrestleMania. I don't think a heel does that. So he comes out with his new, with his new crew. Shield come out. They have a big fight. They get arrested, and then within two hours, the Shield are coming out to uh, break. Well, after the Braun Strowman Finn Balor main event, where Finn Balor got absolutely murdered by Braun Strowman, and they have another fight. And the other thing I didn't really understand is the entire locker room, or at least the bad guy version of the locker room, they all hate the Shield, and I have absolutely no idea why. I have no idea what they did to, uh, you know, incite their wrath. It's almost like now, well, we'll put all the heels against Roman, and eventually he's got to get cheered. But I. Like, I didn't like the fact either that neither, and this is me being such a nerd, I admit it, but neither Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins were really presented as the Universal or IC champ. I don't see why they can't just have the belts, even though the Shield are back on television. And the fact that, again, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler won the tag team titles, which you've got to assume means they're going to go into a feud with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, relegates that Intercontinental title further because it means WWE won't reference it. And if it's not being referenced, and even the title holder doesn't want to wear it on TV. Well, what does that tell me as a viewer? So that stuff kind of sucks. I don't know why he can't just be the IC champ going for the tag titles and why Roman can't, you know, shout up the fact he's Universal Champion. You could argue, well, maybe it makes Dean Ambrose seem worse because he's got nothing. No, it doesn't. It makes the Shield seem more badass. Everyone likes Dean Ambrose anyway. So, yeah, that was, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know how, I assume that Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, what are talking about? I assume that Seth Rollins and Ambrose versus McIntyre and Ziggler will be booked for Hell in a Cell for the tag team titles. I mean, it also seems to stand to reason. I don't know if it's been announced as this yet, but surely Braun versus Roman has got to be in the cell because they've got due diligence to do that anyway or due course to do that anyway because people kept getting involved in their matches. So you've got to imagine they're building to that. I don't think we have more than one at the moment. I could be wrong, but I think the only Hell in a Cell match we have at the moment is Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. But that could be wrong. They're, they're booking for Hell in a Cell is a bit all over the place at the moment. I'm not really keeping up, you know, 100% to date with it. Uh, also, had all the stuff with Ronda Rousey. That was fine. You know, it was just a match with uh, Natalia and Alexa Bliss and Elias tied into that as well. See, there's nothing else really to talk about when it comes to Raw, uh, which is why I kind of just wanted to touch upon it you know in the way that i'm doing in the way that i'm doing now is just kind of like it was fine i enjoyed it i don't i don't necessarily think it was a bad show but you know not a lot happened other than the show long storyline with the shield and i think you know ziggler and mcintyre winning the tag titles was big i mean it's absolutely ruined the the revival i don't know how you rehab them now they have been presented as massive jobbers at least the b team you know they were ragging on the b team for ages but at least the b team were tag team champions what have the revival done nothing that's not their fault it's the way they've been booked but I don't see how they get rehab now unless they sort of fall down the card and just have nothing tag team matches with the likes of The Ascension, who are also on Raw. Um, the Ascension took on Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, who are now a tag team from nowhere. Again, I don't mind you putting those two together again because I'd much rather they had positions on the card than not. But the story was just an interview beforehand. And Chad Gable was like, yeah, I like Bobby Roode. And Bobby Roode was like, yeah, I like the fact you like me. And they went to beat The Ascension. I was like, this is weird. I feel like a bit like I'm on, <laughs> like I'm on drugs. Uh, Bella Twins also returned. It was right. I mean... The Bella Twins are the Bella Twins. I don't mind them, but I think that there's better positions for them than wrestlers would be would be my guess. I don't think they are in the same league as a Charlotte, a Becky Lynch, a Sasha Banks, or a Bailey. Uh, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. And Baron Corbin is the constable. I mean, it it is what it is. I don't think. I'm a bit bored of the heel GM role, but I don't think he's doing a bad job. The other strange thing was that Drake Maverick is now the manager of the Authors of Pain. 
that took me back because as far as, as I know, he's still the manager of 205 Live. Maybe that changes or maybe it changed last night. I haven't watched 205 Live as I record this. I will watch it at some point. So there's every chance, you know, there's, there's every chance that, you know, that does happen. I just wasn't expecting it. I just wasn't. I, the last thing that I was expecting was for Drake Maverick to come out dressed in um, uh, AOP gear. I mean, hopefully it helps. They needed something new. They've been absolutely buried in the tag team division since they got called up. They're a very good team. I like them a lot. I think they offer something different too. So if this is, they need a mouthpiece, they had Paul Ellering. But you know, if they needed someone, you know, the former rock star Spud knows what he's doing. We will see. We will see. We will see. We talked about Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Personally, don't believe they're going to, I mean, if they're going to have a match, it's going to be at WrestleMania 35. You wouldn't start building it this early anyway, I doubt. But who knows? And if they do want to do it, now they've laid some C's. That's great. I guess the last thing we've got to talk about is Kevin Owens. The problem with Kevin Owens today is that he has now been, you know, absolutely branded as a versatile performer. And when you're branded a versatile performer by WWE, it certainly seems like they all of a sudden decide you can be put in any situation and be treated however, and you'll get away with it because you're versatile. They can put you in any other kind of scenario and you'll do well there. It can be the kiss of death. It's what happened to Dolph Ziggler. And it's also what's happening to, oh, I mentioned it in my ups and downs of SmackDown today. Who do I feel has fit? Hang on, let me go through my notes. Someone has definitely started to fill that role, and it's not, uh, it's, it's certainly not good. And now I can't remember who the hell it was. This is a good way to do. <laughs> this is a good. Maybe I was talking about Rusev in the sense that it feels like they're doing the same with him. Hang on, I'm searching my, we're searching my notes. No, I, I, I said it on the video. Anyway, maybe it was whoever it was, it was, you know, I. I I think that my I don't mind Kevin Owens being put in a scenario and losing if it's done right. Like I didn't mind that he lost to Braun Strowman because he's trying to press Braun Strowman fine, but I don't like that he quits and he's already back a week later. I think that is poor storytelling because why did he quit? I understand he'll explain next week, but at least give it two weeks. You know, let, let, at least let him miss one episode of Raw so he can remember. Oh yeah, he's left. And I wonder what he's going to do when it's back. Like the whole CM Punk thing, right? When he came back with the title. I think we all agree that could have been done so much better if we'd given it a bit more time. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll wait and see. Maybe the story gets good. I just worry that they, they, they think they found a position for Kevin Owens. And personally, it's not the position that I would want to see him in. But again, uh, we'll wait and see. As for SmackDown, yeah, the story going throughout was Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella and the Miz and Maurice. It was just, it was nothing special. It just, you know, ended with the heel, the faces on top this time. It does, it, there was another match between Bryan and Vega. It does, I mean, Vega, Almas. It does seem to me as if, or if they want to, WWE can make that a three-way at Hell in a Cell. So it would be Miz and Maurice versus Daniel Bryan and Brie versus Vega and Almas. I don't know how I feel about that. Not necessarily something I want to see, but you know they they could make it work. Um, it was it was fine. You know it kind of, it kind of it kind of ticked the boxes. Well, the Daniel Bryan Almas match is very good. I hope they put Almas in a feud feud a feud soon. He can actually wins because I think he needs some wins to you know draw a line under the fact he's good and that he's got a bright future ahead of him. Uh, I liked all the Becky Lynch and Charlotte stuff. Uh, don't like that promo style when they do that when they both look into the camera. I think I think it feels stilted and weird. But I love this feud. I can't wait to see what they do at Hell in a Cell. Naomi Peyton Royce, you know, now it's going to transition to the Iconics versus Naomi and Oscar who returned. The only problem with that is it just reminds you of how much they've dropped the ball with Oscar. That's my real, you know, that, that's my real problem with it is she should be doing more than this and she's not. And at this stage, I'm not 100% sure what we can do to get her back. I, don't, I think WWE, again, feel like they've, they've, they've found her position and it's not one that I think she needed to be in. I think she should have retained now, especially looking back. I think that she needs to... Uh, she, she should never have lost what happened 
at WrestleMania. She never lost her streak. She never have lost any of that. I, I just think that was a terrible idea. And now she's just another member on the women's roster when at one point she wasn't. And Nakamura wasn't even on this show, which again, I don't mind top stars missing shows, but not when they're the US champion and don't have a match on SummerSlam because it makes that belt feel, feel worthless. Uh, a couple of promo packages for Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton. They were good. And R-Truth, Miz in the main event. I actually thought R-Truth. I, I, the Carmella thing has, has jumped the shark for me, but I did think R-Truth was very good in this match. And I thought you know, it was nice the Miz losing because you know Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella interfered. That worked. Uh, best segment of the show was AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Everyone thought Samoa Joe was going to go to AJ Styles' house. He didn't. Then Samoa Joe thought AJ Styles was at his house. He wasn't. And he just had a badass brawl. And now I'm desperate for Samoa Joe to win the WWE title at Hell in the Cell because I just think he's... I just think it would be great. <laughs> I just think it would be great for this, you know, horrible, horrible man to be the WWE champion. It would really cement this heel character, and I'd be really excited to see, um, yeah, to, to, to see where, where, where it goes. Really, um, I, I think you could do a lot with it. With, with that, we haven't had a good heel champion like that for ages. Uh, you can say Brock Lesnar to a certain degree. I don't necessarily agree. I know AJ Styles is on an awesome runner's champ, but he can lose it and it's going to be okay. Okay, it doesn't break any records, but no one cares about records in WWE anyway. And finally, Rusev, they actually won the number one contendership to become the... Uh, well, they didn't. They were, I shouldn't say that. They got through to the next round of the tag team tournament and will face uh, the bar next week to see who becomes number one contender. I don't think it's going to be Rusev Day. I think Aiden English is going to do something and that screws it up. But at least I'm one step closer to all my dreams becoming a reality. So that was good. That surprised me too. I didn't actually think they would do that. It also, I was watching Sanity's entrance as well. And I thought to myself, man, we should do more with Sanity. They're pretty badass. You know, they've got a good gimmick. Like they could do a lot, but they just don't do anything with them. So pff, I don't understand. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what goes on from here. I think Helen Estelle will be interesting. And then we roll through to, what's the October pay-per-view? Maybe, I guess it's just going to do Evolution. I don't know. Hell in a Cell could be good, though. I think it may be one of those cards where you go, meh, it was okay. It was all right. But is there anything wrong with that? I don't necessarily think so. But we'll see. Okay, well, this just dropped on my, on my updates as well. Apparently, All in Zero Hour on WGM, which is the TV station in America where it aired, drew 196,000 viewers. I don't know if that's good or bad. To me, that sounds good. But again, I don't, I'm, I'm not, if, if someone said, Simon, I want to talk TV ratings, are you the man? I would say absolutely not. That's, that's a really, that, that's a terrible, uh, a terrible idea. I mean, it's essentially 200,000 viewers. Um, also, apparently it was the highest rated show on the station that day. So that, you know, and also good point. I mean, it basically did what Impact does. I'm getting all my information here from F4W Online. I mean, last week's impact drew 225,000 viewers, and their lowest total for 2018 is 168,000 viewers. Uh, Zero Hour also averaged a 0.08 rating in the important 18 to 49 demo, and finished 85th for the day in that demo of all cable TV. So it sounds good. I mean, it certainly sounds good. And again, if, if you're getting the same ratings as Impact does, which has a weekly TV show, I know Pop TV is, you know, uh, controversial, not the right word. So why not? Why not? And again, if you haven't seen the battle, if you only want to watch one match, well, if you only want one match, I'd say Kenny Omega versus Pentagon, which was just really, really good. It was great to see that kind of stuff live. And how Kenny Omega throws those knees without hurting everybody, I don't know. But I, yeah, go watch the over-the-top battle roll. I think it's one of those things where you watch it and you go, you know what? Just a lot of fun. And it reminded you of what wrestling should be. For me, anyway. It was stupid, but it was serious. And it was up, down, left, right. 
go watch it. And if you disagree, let me know. I think there would be a, a fantastic debate, a fantastic discussion to have in that. And I always want to know your thoughts. So yeah, always, always please do get in touch to, you know, via any of the methods that I've mentioned. If you don't agree with me, great. Go on YouTube, drop me a comment, tweet me. It's always good to see uh, how people come down on this stuff. So absolutely uh, do let me know. Right, now we're going to do something a little bit different. And if you are watching, or if you have gone to youtube.com for the Middle Report Rules, my YouTube channel, you can watch this live. Uh, I'm going to be completely transparent and completely honest here as I possibly can do. Basically, the guys from WrestleCrate UK got in touch with me. They sent me a tweet and they said, hey, Simon, we really enjoy your stuff. Would you like to unbox one of our crates? And I was like, well, why not? And I, again, honesty, I've never, um, I've never bought a crate. I've never unboxed a crate. I've never done anything with crates. Never really something that I has been my thing. Uh, they also they'll, they'll pay me anything to do this. They literally said, uh, you know, would you like us to send you a crate and you can maybe unbox it on a podcast on a video? I said, yeah, why not? I'll have a look. And they also, you know, they also said they'll give a discount code out to my out my listeners and my viewers. So I thought, well, that sounds nice. If you're into wrestle crate stuff or you've been thinking about it, um, you can use the code. I've got it all in front of me. I'm reading it now. But you can use the code Y Simon. Get it? Why? Here's why. Literally, Y Simon, all one word. And uh, if you use that. As far as I'm aware, you get a free item inside your first crate, and it's going to be something good, probably an autograph, collectible, or a DVD. So you can get a signature thing. So yeah, just yeah, head over there. Uh, I'm just double-checking I got that right, because I want to make sure that I have. Um, yeah, I am right. So yeah, go if, you want, if you've always been intrigued, I say as I move the box, if you've always been intrigued by it, head on over to wrestlecrate.co.uk. I'll put a link in the description. Again, no sponsorship here, not been paid. Literally offered to give me a code to give out to my uh, to all you guys. And I said I'd unbox it on the podcast. So that's literally what I'm going to do now. And if I don't like it, I'll tell you I don't like it. I don't see why I wouldn't. I literally never do stuff like this. Do I actually have enough room? I do. Right. So the first thing I see, I, this is new to me. This is like the most traditional YouTube thing ever. So that's like, that's like a, okay, that's like a subscriber of the month thing. Oh, it's got a list of what I'm going to get. Well, I don't want to read that just yet, didn't I? Put it in here. Oh, that's a Ginny from Portrait of a Wrestler. I met, it's a Ginny, it's a picture of Ginny. I met Portrait of a Wrestler in, uh, at All In. He's a very nice dude. So shout out to that man as well. Hopefully when I'm back on my, um, uh, my shoulders, but I'm going to get him to do some promo picks. But that's cool. It's a side picture of Ginny. That's, I mean, look at this. Look, you know, straight away, that's all right. You could frame that. You don't have to frame it. You can do whatever you want, but you could do. Then there's... That looks like an advert, <laughs> but that's all right. Uh, what is it? Powerbomb.tv. Wrestling on demand. I'm going to show you in case you're interested. don't know how that light's going to work with it, but... Uh, 101 promotions, 944 events available. 30 days free access. So there you go. That's promotional stuff. Maybe you love promotional stuff. I'm not going to judge you. Then I got a call... I, got, I like calling spots. Calling spots magazine. I did an interview for them. Imagine it's in here. I love that you got Kenny Omega in here, and then you got me. You'd be like, "What? <laughs> who's, who's this bald idiot?" Also, how? What? This is the most arrogant thing I've ever done. Oh, let me look through and see if I'm in there. I'm not in that one. That's all right. Calling Spots is a good magazine. I've read it before. What on earth is this? Oh, Matt, well, screw that. Right, a little secret about Simon Miller. I love pop figures. Genuinely love them. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I got about twenty around my living room. And now I've got another one because I've got Triple H Skull King and I didn't have a Triple H one. Now, now I like Wrestle Crate, <laughs> adding to my obsession, which I stopped recently. And I got a poster. It's hurting my shoulder, but that's okay. I can't even work it. Oh no, it's, it's Riptide Wrestling poster. Riptide Rumble. That's pretty good. I'm not going to get all that in. This is weird doing unboxing. I don't know what this is like for people on the audio version. You can just skip through though. That's what audio is all about. 
I've got a DVD. Better than a bollard. It's got Rampage Brown in it. And if you watch any of my stuff, you know that I love Rampage Brown. Look, this is a lot of stuff. I'll open the t-shirt last. I've got a key ring. It says old school wrestling. That's going right on my key ring. I like a good key ring. I'm that guy. I can't work out. What is that? Hang on, we've got to open it. I can't, I can't work out what it is. I mean, it's something, obviously. Maybe I won't actually know. That's going to be embarrassing, isn't it? I think it's John Morrison. It is a John Morrison shirt. That was just me pausing there for a minute. I'm going to leave the pause in. I can't lift it higher than that because I got a dodgy shoulder. This is a lot of stuff for a crate. I didn't think you got this much. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I, I, this is... I'm just... That is that asshole Drake. And he's written me a little note. Hello, Simon. Sorry to hear about your little accident. I do hope you have a speedy recovery. Lots of love from your number one fan, HT Drake. What a prick that guy is, right? <laughs> what, what asshole. Well, there we go. I didn't expect that. People coming at me. This is me putting stuff away that you can hear now. I shouldn't have done that on a microphone. That's not a smart way to do it. People literally... Nah. I'm going to pick this up. I drop stuff on the floor. HT Drake, look, all I'll say is if you haven't seen the stack show from a couple of weeks ago, go and watch it. But, yeah, unbelievable. 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 Right, let's not talk about HT Drake anymore. The man, well, I don't even want to get into it. You either know or you don't know. This is not the time to talk about it. We don't let negativity run right here on Simon Lewis Pro Wrestling Podcast. It is unbelievable, though. That guy, man. That, that guy. Everyone, oh, I don't know. Let's answer some questions. Let's do that. That's positive. That's exciting. And that's fun. As always, you can always, always ask your questions at facebook.com. Just search for Simon as Pro Wrestling Podcast and join the group because that is where wrestling love lies. Uh, Garth Jackson, what are your favorite over-the-top characters in wrestlers? Mine are Sue Young and Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan would definitely be in there. I like Sammy Callahan. He's crazy. I met him briefly at All In and he, 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 stays, in, he stays in character, which I enjoy. <laughs> I enjoy people that do that. Are the over-the-top characters though? I don't know if I can think of any sort of proper... I mean, just cheeseburger count? I love cheeseburger. That guy cracks me up. I'll go with cheeseburger. I don't know if, I, I don't know if that's the correct answer or not, but I'll say it all the same. Uh, Ross Chaplin. All in two. So where is it? When is it? A main event. I like Jack the Jobber's idea of it being Flip versus Cody for the World Heavyweight title. No, I mean, it's not a bad idea, but personally, I don't mind... And I like Flip Gordon a lot, but I prefer him in the position he's in. I don't think that match would get as much. To, it could do if they booked it right. Yeah, why not? I mean, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being unfair here. All into where is it? I would presume the next place you would go is New York because, you know, there's a, there's a big... They went to Chicago, I think, because of the big wrestling audience. Could maybe do it in the UK as well, but I think they go to New York and they do it there. When is it? Next September. I don't think you need to run it more than once a year. And... Main event... I mean, I really, I, I really don't know what the main event would be. You know, it, it all depends. It all depends on what the, what story they want to tell. I mean, the main event this time was technically, I'm not gonna say a nothing match, but it had less weight to it. It was just a match that loads of people wanted to see. You know, the Golden Elite versus who was it? Phoenix, Ray, and Bandino. But yeah, I don't. You know, I just. It would all, it would all depend. Is my point. It, it, it would all it would all depend on on, on what they wanted to do. But I think, I think they can do it. 
Maybe 15,000, 20,000, maybe too much. I don't know though. They sold 11,500 here. I really do think the future is bright for all of this. Kieran Dooley, what do you think Rey Mysterio's role will be in WWE when he comes back? Mid-card belt run maybe, or just putting people over? He looks like he's still as good as ever in the ring too. I don't think Rey's going to go back without assurances that he's going to be used in the regard that, you know, in the way that he wants to. So no, I, I don't think that he'll be used badly. I imagine he goes to SmackDown. I imagine he gets put in a in a top feud. That would be uh, that would be my that would be my get. I don't think he's going to come back to job. I don't. I think he comes back and he's a, and it, look, the reactions will make sure that he gets treated like a big deal anyway, right? So I'm going to say yeah, he comes back and he and he absolutely smashes it. And you're right, he does look amazing right now. There's no reason not to treat him like that. And he's got appeal and he's a proper babyface and people like him. He's been gone away, you know, long enough that there'll be a nostalgia reaction too. It would be ridiculous. Not to, um, you know, not to use him in the best possible way. Waste the money as well. I imagine they have to pay him a pretty penny. Uh, Ross Wilson. I'm going to meet Cody Rhodes in December. Which belt should I buy to get him to sign? Well, I can't possibly answer that, Ross. I mean, my favorite belt is the Winged Eagle from the late 90s or mid-90s, whenever it came, probably early 90s it first came into, uh, um, what do you call it, circulation. But I'm, I mean, at the moment, I guess some, like the Ring of Honor title or the NWA title, but I don't think that's a good belt to have. It's not as exciting. Whatever belt you want. White IC title, actually. There you go. White WWE IC title. He did well with that, and it's an awesome belt, and you can enjoy it too. Uh, Ross Chaplin again. Welcome back, Ross. What's your favorite spot where the wrestler missed a move? Like Shane versus Taker, where Shane went off Hell in a Cell, and Taker moved out the way. Well, technically, it would be SummerSlam 97, where Brett goes to hit Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels ducks, and he smashes The Undertaker. So that's one of my favorite main events ever. I love that whole story, and I love that bit. So I'd go for that. I didn't think I was going to have an answer, but I do. Thomas Speller, what is your thoughts on Cultaholic? I love all the guys. I love Pachiti. I love King Ross. Not King anymore. I love Ross. I love Jack. I love Sam. Uh, have I missed anybody? Probably. And I feel bad. I love them all. And I wish them nothing but success. Um, they're lovely guys. They were always very, very kind to me when they were at What Culture. And I hope they keep going on to smash it. Simple as that. Thomas Speller again. How different would WWB with New Japan style booking? I never want that. I really, really don't. I understand why people say that. But for me, I just... I, the reason I can like New Japan and WWE, and this is a big thing about All In 2, I mean, All In, T-O-O, it reminded me that the more diverse wrestling I get, the more I can enjoy the other products. So I actually probably enjoyed Raw and SmackDown more than I usually do because I'd seen All In and it gave me something that was utterly different from what Vince McMahon puts on. And it would be different. It would be New Japan. Would it do better? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I like the fact they're different. And I hope, um, I hope it never changes. I don't, I, I don't know. I want it to change. But I never want there to be too much of a crossover. I want, you know, I want them to be separate promotions that feel separate, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Uh, Garth Jones. What do you think of Drake Maverick as AOP manager whilst Bill being 205 manager? Well, we talked about that. I think it's really weird. <laughs> I think it's really, really strange. I think it's probably better he does one over the other. And yeah, being AOP's manager is probably a bigger position than 205 manager. It just, it's going to create a conflict of interest. Unless they tell the story really well and it all ties in. I don't know. I don't want to make that judgment call. So we'll see. But yeah, it was a surprise to me. Uh, I need to watch 205 Live. I watch 205 Live and then I, I can update you with that. Tristan Dan Whitcomb. What do you think Vince McMahon will do after All In, if anything? And what do you see happening with the NWA World Championship? Now, Cody has it. Love the podcast. Hope to see more videos from All In. Thank you, Tristan. Again, you can check it out over at What Culture. All the interviews will be going up there. Uh, I don't think Vince McMahon would have been too fussed about what happened at All In 
Um, the fact that Jericho was there gives me maybe an underlining that maybe Vince McMahon in a way was pleased. WWE is earning more money than ever. So while, of course, they do want to control everything, and I'm sure they'll go after Cody the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, I don't think he would have been sweating it too much like WCW 20 years ago, right? Um, in terms of what's happening with the NWA World Championship, I don't know. Is he allowed to be on the NWA TV product? Which I don't watch, not going to lie. Hold my hands up in the air. Probably should get around to doing that, but haven't. I guess he's got an agreement to be on it. That's, you know, that's, uh, that, 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 that's all we've got. So, yeah, I, I, that's what I've got. I'm surprised by it. Uh, not that he won, but now looking back going, well, how does he go over here given his commitments to new, new Japan Ring of Honor? But maybe they're all cool. Maybe all promotions are trying to work closer with each other. And that is certainly no bad thing. Uh, Lania Dubose. I hope I got your name right. It's a great name. Which group will hold all the belts by the end of the year? The Shield or Strowman, McIntyre and Ziggler? I would imagine the heels have to hold them first. Although I do not want Roman Reigns chasing that universal title again. I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe you know what? The Shield, actually. Yeah, The Shield. Because you can tell more stories. They're not going to... Um, I would say that The Shield win them and then you start telling the story of Ziggler versus uh, McIntyre and their breakup. So I'll go there. Yeah, the Shield win them. It makes more sense to do that way as well. Francis Reyes. What... Uh, little start again. Would the Authors of Pain be Paul Heyman guys instead of Drake guys? Where would you like All In 2 to be? I mean, All In, I mean, where would I like it to be? I'd love All In 2 to be in England. But I think New York makes more sense because it's a really hot you know, market. And it's firing shots at WWE. And I'll enjoy that. Uh, I don't think Paul Heyman should be manager of Authors of Pain. This sounds horrible, but I think it'd be too much of a step down for Paul Heyman. I don't think people would buy it. Much like when they tried to do it with Curtis Axel and Ryback. I don't really think that worked very well. So no. Uh, let, let's see what happens with Drake. Let's see what he does. Uh, Nilesh Rasani, not sure if this got answered last week, but is Samoa Joe in danger of becoming the new Bray Wyatt? All talking, but always loses. Not at the moment for me. Samoa Joe is operating on a much higher level than Samoa Joe ever was. <laughs> Bray Wyatt was. Um, no, no, Samoa Joe is too good. I can't see that happening. Uh, Afonso Coimbra, just wanted to thank you for complimenting my name on your podcast two weeks ago, and I'm going to do it again. I don't think I pronounced it as well this time, but I like it. Which wrestler that is right now in a tag team would you most like to see getting a singles push? Hope you had fun last weekend at All In. I did, Afonso. Thank you very much. Drew McIntyre, I think, has got money and main event written all over him. He's not the same guy we saw on his last in WWE. He's gone away. He's got experience. He looks the part. And eventually and ultimately, if you don't put him in that position and also stop scripting his damn promos because he doesn't need it, he will absolutely fly. I've got no doubt about it. And I imagine we'll be a world champion in the future. Or at least that's what I hope. I like Drew McIntyre. And he's a really nice dude. Met him when he wrestled for WCBW. Super nice guy. James Hunt. Were there any other belts other than the Raw Tag Team belt shown on either Raw or SmackDown? I couldn't see the Universal IC belts on Roman or Seth during the shenanigans on Raw, and AJ didn't have the belt when he attacked Samoa Joe. If there weren't, should we care about belts anymore, as WWE seems to care less and less about them? If they don't care about the belts, why push Roman for the Universal Championship? Completely agree. We touched upon that earlier. If you're a champion, you should always come out with your belt. AJ Styles to give a pass to because he was coming out to whoop Samoa Joe's ass. Uh, and you could argue that Reigns and Seth were in that position as well, but it just felt different to me. I don't know why. Can't explain it. But I feel like as AJ just ran... You know, there was no, but whereas the Shield took their time, I think they should have had the titles with them. So yes, they should have done. I, I, I agree. And by that, if I'm being a hypocrite, then yes, AJ should have had it as well. Always have your belt. That's my opinion. Mark Rory Day. So HBK versus Undertaker 3 was teased on Raw. Firstly, does it happen? If it does, where does it happen? Surely Mania 35. Also, would it be something you'd want to see? Not massively. I want to see it from a superstar point of view because I can get all excited about it and be like, oh, what's going to happen? But in terms of... 
I just don't think it's ever going to live up to expectations and then people are going to get upset about it would be my guess. So in that sense, no, not, not massively. But if it did happen, I would be just as excited about it as anybody else. So of course, you know, I would like to see it just from the idea, but I don't think it's going to be as good as the two we've had. I think you'd have to book some other shenanigans or something in it to make it work. And then is that really a match we need to see? It's a discussion to be had. But yeah, Mania 35 is where it would be. Uh, Mark also says, personally, I think it's a retirement match for Taker and one last match for Sean. I could see it happening for the sole reason that technically they would be the first wrestlers in history to retire each other. Taker retires Sean and Sean finally being the one to properly retire Taker. The reason I could see them doing it is because it would be one of those obscure historical WWE trivia things WWE love to create and use as part of their history. Well, Mark, if they do that, I change my mind entirely and I'm 100% for that match. That would be awesome. Sean Cleaver, my man. Uh, and that propose of nothing discussion point. When Undisputed Era moves up from NXT, their matches will suffer, as will that element of their popularity due to TV time constrictions. But conversely, as they'll get more scripted TV time, will this enable their out-of-ring dynamic to really shine? I don't know, Sean. I mean, the problem with any call-ups is it all depends on the story and how Vince McMahon sees them, right? Killian Dane was on SmackDown this week, and I thought, why aren't they doing more with this guy? Because they don't want to. Where's No Way Jose? They don't want to do anything with him. So hopefully they're just, you know, Adam Cole especially, hopefully their talent will shine through and it's not something we'll have to worry about. But again, it all depends on the story. They're putting a good story from day one, they'll be fine. Help Kevin Owens, he came in and, you know, beat John Cena. And that was enough to cement him as a guy that everybody should take seriously. If they're not treated like that, nobody will care. And you've got to start again, much like we have with the AOP and Drake Maverick. Uh, my man Adam Pearson, what a penis Drew is like in person. Surprising and not as tall as I was hoping for. Still can't believe that happened. Not against it, just surprised. Christian Brown, I've got a wrestling question. But first, I feel I must ask a more important non-wrestling question in light of the fact that it's Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Are you okay? I am okay. And if it is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, I will just take this time to say that, you know, if anyone is not okay, please do go and get help or talk to someone because that kind of stuff is really important. Uh, also, do you think Neville signs a deal with a promotion now that he's a free agent or does he wrestle a few different events to shake off any ring rust? Well, the new rumor is he's going back to WWE and he's got out of his contract to sign a new one that he prefers. He wasn't at All In and he could have been at All In if he wanted to. So maybe it's true. If he doesn't, I hope to see him in New Japan. I think that opens up so many doors and would be really exciting. So fingers crossed. Aiden O'Connell. Hey, Simon. I hope you're on the mend. Biggest Irish fan here. Thank you, Aiden. I appreciate that. So the Mixed Match Series 2 has been announced. Um, copied and pasted below. What's your pick for Raw and SmackDown? I say KO and Natalia for Raw. I say the Miz and Oscar for SmackDown. Well, I didn't watch, I watched a little bit of the first one. It's not really my thing. I, I like the fact they're doing it. I mean, to me, the fact that straight away I see Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss that are teaming up again, I will say them for Raw. And SmackDown, I imagine it's got to be WWE Champion AJ Styles and SmackDown Women's Champ Charlotte Flair. Because out of everyone, they're the four that have the most to lose. And I know what WWE are like, and I've stopped going against that grain. So I'm going to say those four. Done. Nick Palmer, I know many people aren't feeling Rousey versus Nikki Bella, but if Rousey's just going to be in squashing mode for a while, then isn't part-timers like Nikki actually a good choice? Yes, if she gets squashed, but given that they certainly seem like they're back on TV properly, she's got a new finishing move called, you know, the, the, the 2.0 rack attack. I don't know what's going to happen, but I certainly don't think it's going to be a one and done, but I'm not going to criticize it too much because I haven't seen it yet. So I'm going to wait and see before I start crapping over it. Uh, my man Christopher Brown returns. I think you've done one question, right? Don't make that up. I don't know. Either way, I'm going to answer this question. If you could remove any wrestler from the timeline to see how the story plays out without them, who would it be and who would you take out? I'd take out Hogan after the initial steroid scandal. It would let 
it would let home keep his legacy. It let him. It would let him keep his legacy from the 80s, but then allow the business to evolve in the 90s without the cutthroat politicking and companies like WCW and TNA would be able to develop. Blah, blah, blah. Um, that is a tough question. Who has actually been more detrimental to things? Or who would I like to take out? Well, I mean, this, this, this doesn't really count. Maybe you take out Shawn Michaels. Obviously, you know, he, he went away for a few months after this. But I would like, just out of intrigue, if Shawn Michaels had vanished before SummerSlam, SummerSlam, Survivor Series 1997, I would have just been intrigued to see how Bret Hart handled himself in the Attitude Era because I think he would have been really good. And I think he could have had a load of awesome feuds. Obviously, he was wasted in WCW. But obviously, the only way to get there is to remove Shawn Michaels and all that stuff. So I would do that just because I would like to... I mean, I, you know you can say, but we wouldn't have the Attitude Era if it wasn't for Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon only got his heat because of Bret, whatever. I'm talking in, you know, in dreamland here. That's what I'd want to see. So somehow you still get that heat, you still get the momentum, but Bret Hart stays. I mean, it's not realistic. It probably wouldn't have happened. But I always wanted to see Bret Hart in the Attitude Era. Just did. This is what I feel like. Francesco Bozo. Great name. Simon, biggest fan directly from Chile. That always blows my mind. We're being listened to by a dude in Chile. Thank you, Francesco. I really appreciate that. Hoping your recovery is going well. Thanks, man. How do you actually see the impact that All In had in the wrestling company? Sorry, let me again. How do you actually see the impact that All In has had over wrestling as a whole? And if this will motivate wrestlers from WWE to try their luck in the indie, seeing how good Cody has done? Big thanks for all the positivity. You're most welcome. It all depends on what the fallout is and where we go from here. Because you can always capture lightning in a bottle and then it never progresses or evolves. However, I think... It is going to change things because it's shown people, like you've said, if you're in WWE, you're not, you don't like how you're being used. Chad Gable, Ty Dillinger, Neville. You know, there is now a massive scenario and a massive market out there for you to apply your trade in. But it also it goes to show that WWE no longer has to be your goal. And for years, that was the case if you ever wanted to make serious money. Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks have proven you can potentially, depending on your place in the card, make even more money outside of the WWE, which makes that a much more tantalizing proposition because it's less dates. You're in control of your character, your moves, your matches, and what you're doing on social media. And creativity is worth a lot as well. So, you know, depending on what happens or depending on what we can do now, I think it could be huge. But we won't know for another year, two years when we look back. But I definitely think they've started a movement. And I think they've done great and I respect them massively. And as a fan, I'm just excited to see what's next. Richard Ingman, is it just me or does it feel like the WWE Women's Champion, ugh, Championship, be it Raw or SmackDown, feel a little watered down and not worth as much as before? Take Trish Stratus, record-holding seven-time champion, is going to get overtaken by most of the current roster as a handful already have at least four reigns as champ just because there are two titles to go. Do you see a problem in the credibility of being a champion compared to years before? Well, that's not just the Women's Championship. Don't forget that at one time, Hulk Hogan being a five-time champion was massive. I mean, when Bret Hart got to five, we were like, oh, five. Now Cena's, what, 16? Randy Orton's 12? Triple H is 13? That got thrown out the window a long time ago. You're probably right. There is less credibility there. But I don't think it affects the women's title. And if it does, it affects all the titles. And on top of that, I actually think the SmackDown title right now for the women is better than ever. Because I'm really intrigued to see what happens with this Charlotte and uh, Becky Lynch feud. So, yeah. Um, if it is a problem, it's a problem all around. I don't really think about it much anymore. Because if I did, I'd just be really, really sad. Stuart Erridge. Why, Sir Edridge, why not just package Lashley as the destroyer and let Heyman be his manager? I don't think you need to have Heyman as his manager. But you're right. They're not using Bobby Lashley as they should. He's far better than the position he gets put in. I don't know why. I don't. He's great. 
Uh, Surrender Silver. When wrestlers take huge bumps, i.e. Kevin Owens getting thrown off the cage, do they practice those actual spots beforehand or is it first time when they do it in front of a live crowd? It's first time, my friend. Wrestlers are crazy. They keep their fingers crossed and they just hope they land safely. That's all you can do. Ruben Aguilar Torales. A lot of cool name people listening to my podcast. How do you t- maintain your muscles up with that shoulder problem of yours? By the way, I hope it gets better soon. Well, I actually lost a lot of weight already I and mean, it's something I get miserable about all the time. Um, I'm just doing what I can. I'm trying to eat right. Uh, you know, I'm trying to do whatever body exercises I can, which isn't a lot. It's mostly stuff with my legs. Um, it sucks, but I have lost a lot of weight. I think if you actually went back and compared, you'd see. But there's not much I can do about that. I just try and deal with it as best as I can. Philip Jensen, how do you think the Becky versus Charlotte storyline is going to end? I think it's got to end with Becky Lynch winning the title, especially now given everything that's happened. But I don't know. WWE books in a strange way. If I did it my way, I'd have a win at Hell in the Cell. I wouldn't even wait. I'd, I'd get it on that quickly. Or wait till the Evolution pay-per-view and do it then. And then Charlotte has a rematch, loses, and then Becky Lynch goes off and does something else. But we will see. James Bromfield. As always, sir, you get an up. Well, that's very nice. And we continue to love the content. Thank you, James. Question, why, slaps head, damn right, doesn't WWE invest in long-term stories on the main roster? We have seen it in NXT, New Japan, Ring of Honor, etc. Look at Omega versus Akada, Gagada versus Champa. It works amazing, but WWE just seemed to book week to week without a care for storytelling. Because I guess they don't believe it works anymore. They probably think that we live in a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a low attention span age. I can't think of the right word. And that you need to, you know, keep firing stuff in people's faces, which sounds weird, to keep them interested. But I don't know. I love long-term storytelling. And they've even kind of done it with Cody Rhodes and, and Nick Aldis and you know, the Young Bucks and, and being the elite. Look at Joey. Even Joey Ryan had a long-term storyline. And he came back from the dead with his penis. I, I, the only reason I can come up with it, they just don't think it works. Even though, yeah, it probably does. But that's Vince McMahon. It's hard to argue with him. He's been very successful. Ross Chaplin, Mania 35, main event, shield triple threat, last man standing. One rule is both men have to be put down for a 10 count. Who says no? Do you mean who says no to that match? I don't think anybody. I think one day that will happen. It'll be really good. And finally, Saeed Shah, is it me or is the shield being arrested, charged and released in the space of three hours just a step too far? It's a bit ridiculous, but it's also not ridiculous because it is professional wrestling and you know wrestling is dumb. But by its nature, but I do agree with it. If we're trying to make us buy into things, and you can sort of, you know, find a plot hole that that's that big, then yeah, I think it's fair to fair to argue that it's a bit dumb, and that maybe WWE is asking a little bit too much, or worse, not actually thinking about the story they presented. Right? I think that's the real problem. They haven't actually thought about okay, what you know, what is that? How are our fans going to take this? And my worry is they go, ah, who cares what they think? Well, you should care what we think because we're nerds and we buy in. But yeah, I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you very much, Lee. Side. Okay, we'll draw it. We'll, get, we'll draw it to a close there. Um, a little bit shorter than I was hoping it was going to be, which I apologize for. Just me trying to get back into the thick of things after traveling to All In and being all over the place and having a thousand things, uh, a thousand things to do. Uh, but yes, thank you everyone for listening as always. As ever, patreon.com forward slash summer 316. Spare a dollar if you can. If you want to come on the podcast, all the information is up there. I would love to chat to you. And we'll be back in a couple of days doing just that every Friday. We do a patron edition of the podcast. And I absolutely love it because I love talking wrestling with new people. Head on over to YouTube if you want to see the unboxing video. I'm just going to put that up as a video by itself. YouTube.com forward slash the Miller Report rules. On Twitter, Instagram at Simon316. Uh, if you're on iTunes, you give us five stars. Share us everywhere. Reddit, Twitter, Facebook. It, please, you know, spread the love. It would be great to continue to see the numbers increase. 
I think that's everything. Facebook group, Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. I will always ask for a list of questions that we'll answer on every single Wednesday episode of the podcast. And that's when I'm going to be back with this version of the podcast. It'll be a week's time. Uh, I'm going to thank WrestleCrate once again. Again, there's no sponsorship here or anything like that. They genuinely just went out of their way. I mean, they trolled me a little bit by getting Drake to send a picture and put it in there. And Drake is like, you know, he's the guy. Uh, anyway, I wasn't expecting that. That was a genuine reaction in case you're interested. Sometimes life surprises you. And in terms of All In, yes, please do go to YouTube. Uh, find What Culture Wrestling. Give them a subscribe and all my videos will be up there soon. Tamatonga's up there now. Joey Ryan's up there now. My ups and downs are up there now. We did a show floor tour as well. Where I went and trolled a load of people. I always enjoy doing that. So you can check it out. And yeah, I'll talk to you all again on Friday. But in the meantime, keep enjoying wrestling. Keep enjoying just things in general. And thanks for listening to me. My voice is going. You can hear all that shouting at All In. Well, it wasn't actually. No, it was from interviews. I already said that. Anyway, I'll talk to you again soon.